Charles, we just recorded for two hours. We did. Now what do you want? <laughs> we have to talk about our show. Okay. Who are we? And what uh, do we do? Ha. I am Martha Madrigal. And I'm Charles Tyson Jr. We are the hosts of Full Circle, the, the podcast. podcast. You are a beautiful white trans woman. I will take that. <laughs> of a certain age and tired beyond imagination. And you are a gorgeous black cis pan man who has shared my life for 10 years and we're engaged i put a ring on it yeah you did put a ring on it's a pretty ring too (laughs) now we have a podcast yeah there's not much we don't talk about here it's true we talk about lgbtq issues headlines of the day we talk about fun things too like movies and music and television and pop culture Mm mm-hmm And we talk about what it is to be black in America and what it is to be trans in America and how those things intersect and collide. And And child, it gets interesting. And you can check us out every Tuesday wherever you get your podcasts. Because once again, we're Charles Tyson Jr. and Martha Madrigal. And this is Full Circle, the The podcast. podcast. Are we done now? I think so. Okay. You're only given a little spark of madness. Followed Mr. Carpenter, what he saw couldn't have been a dream. It was too real, but it couldn't have been true either. It was too deliciously frightful. Trying to catch yesterday. Old times are only good when you've had them. That after night, all alone, daddy's all pent up, let's freak! Third irrational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Welcome to Film Spark Podcast. I'm Billy Joseph Jr., and I'm so happy to be guest hosting for Ebony today. I'll start with the disclaimer that I'm neither a podcaster, although I try to play one on the internet, nor am I a film reviewer. Instead, I usually refer to myself as a jack-of-all-trades, and you know what that means, master of none. With that said, get ready to talk a little about one of my favorite films, James Cameron's The Abyss. I've been considering doing one of these guest spots since Ebony first introduced the concept several months ago, but I never could settle on a film. In a recent discussion online with her and others, I discovered that she, for one, has never seen the movie. Because of my personal connections to the film, I just made the assumption in my head that everyone's seen it. Realizing this, I'll try not to give away any spoilers that may ruin the film for you because I know that after today, you're going to rush out and give it a view. The story behind the development and filming of The Abyss may be as interesting as the actual movie itself. James Cameron himself did a documentary that is readily available online about just how grueling the entire project was on the cast and crew, even though he was the cause of a lot of that. Many film reviewers have tackled the topic in a lot greater detail than I would ever attempt to do so. So if you find out that you are interested in this after listening, then be sure to dig a little bit deeper. It's very unlikely that I'm going to share any any new information here today other than the personal stories that I have associated with the film. But if I say anything incorrect, then you'll get over it. Just kidding. If that's the case, feel free to straighten me out in one of the FilmSpark social media outlets comments channels. I specifically chose today to do this recording because I had the privilege of touring what's remaining of the film set earlier this morning. The Abyss was filmed at the abandoned Cherokee Nuclear Power Station in South Carolina, 
Construction of the power plant started in 1970, about two miles, as the crow flies, from the house I grew up in on my grandfather's farm. Part of his and many other people's property were purchased to build a new highway and railroad line to the facility. I can recall the construction of both as the highway and railroad ran directly across my backyard. This was pretty exciting to see happen, although it did forever change the landscape of our isolated community. By the mid-1980s, the highway and rail line were complete and became the playground of my neighbors and I, who were mostly, mostly my cousins. We had the goal, inspired heavily by the Goonies and Stand By Me and other movies, to walk the rail line to the power plant. Many times we started this journey only to have to turn around because we would run out of daylight or a storm would pop up or we would just come across some wild animal. Sometimes that was real. Sometimes we just made up with our imaginations. Uh, we were fearful they might attack us, so only a few times did we actually make it to the chain-linked gate that led into the site. But today, I was able to stand on the inside of that gate and look back at the railroad bed I had walked so many times and also be inside that fence that I had so wanted to explore as a child and teenager. Well, enough reminiscing for now, but by 1988, the nuclear project had been abandoned and the site was purchased by film producer Earl Owensby with the intention of converting it into a studio. Now having been inside the site, there are so many massive buildings that a studio really makes perfect sense. Soon, he'd struck a deal with James Cameron who was coming off blockbuster productions, The Terminator and Aliens, to use the site for a project he'd been planning since Cameron was a school kid, an underwater sci-fi epic that came to be known as The Abyss. The world's largest underwater soundstage was born. When Cameron was considering locations, he decided to use a film set instead of actually filming in the ocean. Primarily, he thought this would control the environment and the costs, which is a decision that now could be looked at as laughable. Primary filming would occur in the largest of three nuclear reactor chambers by building the set and then flooding it with seven and a half million gallons of water. Because set construction was behind schedule from the start, when production started in 1988, filming actually had to shift to a smaller containment structure for some of the submarine and miniature work. Personally, I find all of this fascinating. Some of you may not. If you do, however, then dig a little bit deeper online. There's photographs and all types of information about this. The production of The Abyss was groundbreaking. The software that came to be known as Adobe Photoshop was invented for the project. Facial recognition software was designed for the film. If you've seen it, you'll know why. Once you see it, you'll understand why. And special diving masks were also created so that the actors' full faces could be captured by the cameras. This and other technologies would be further developed and are still being used today in and outside of the film industry. And initially, much of it was used in Terminator 2, which is probably hands down one of the most popular science fiction uh, films that there is. All of this holds up really well, by the way, for making impressive scenes. These scenes are still good today. It's no surprise that this film would win the Oscar for Best Visual Effects in 1990. Filming was plagued with delays, and executives at 20th Century Fox were pressuring Cameron and co-producer Gail Ann Hurd, who was also his wife, by the way, to finish the project. The cast and crew worked tirelessly. Cameron was relentless. 
so much so that many of them have stated publicly that they would never work with him again. The actors and crew had to undergo extensive training as 40% of all the filming was done underwater. This would nearly prove disastrous for Ed Harris, who almost drowned on set after a scene involving a breathing liquid. This is a technology that really does exist and was used in the film on rats, but he had to replicate it by holding his breath while looking like he was breathing and keeping his eyes open in this super chlorinated water. Despite this terrible set conditions, terrifying and humiliating experiences that have been reported by the cast, delays and controversies, principal photography would wrap at the end of 1988 at least $10 million over budget. This is a figure that's still debated by the studio and Cameron. Cameron and co-producer uh, slash wife Gail Ann Hurd would be divorced within two months. Film was scheduled to be released on July 4, 1989, but there were several delays in post-production, including studio executives deciding that the film's runtime of over two hours was too long. Cameron had to cut an entirely new ending for the film and strike some of the original storyline for a release in August of 1989. The film would ultimately go on to earn nearly $90 million worldwide, despite plenty of negative reviews, mostly focused on the film's um, production. Today, you can watch either the theatrical version of The Abyss or Cameron's original director's cut. Personally, I like them both. It feels almost like two different films. If you have a favorite version, be sure to let Ebony know on one of her many social media channels. Before I go, if I may, I'd like to add that this movie and the excitement around the fact that it was filming practically in my backyard left a huge impression on me as a teenager and inspired a love for writing, science fiction, and filmmaking in general. It's led me to aspire to writing and acting. Currently, I'm writing a novel, possibly a screenplay, about a group of kids who journey along the railroad track behind the house, their house to find what is at the end of the line. Will it be a nuclear power plant? Possibly a movie in production? Will they discover some sort of alien? I don't know, because I haven't written the ending. But if you have any recommendations on that, then let me know. I'll ask Ebony to include my links as well in the episode description. Special thank you to Ebony for allowing me to be a part of FilmSpark. And a special thanks to you for listening. You are just listening to the Film Spark podcast for all your film needs and more. Like what you heard? Give us a shot. Follow us on Spotify, Apple, Good Pods, and more. Or follow the socials at film underscore spark underscore pod. You know what? Just follow us on everything. Check out the link tree linktr.ee forward slash filmsparkpod find us, follow us, give us a shout we always want to hear from you you still here? it's over go home go